Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Robert Wagoner back with us. He was last with me four years ago when we were talking about his work, Lucid Dreaming, Plain and Simple, and Lucid Dreaming Gateway to the Inner Self. He taught himself a very simple method to become lucid or consciously aware of the dream state back in 1975 and then six years before the scientific evidence for lucid dreaming emerged. That's pretty good. And during the next 40-plus years, he explored lucid dreaming, discovered a way to directly connect with a knowledgeable and creative inner awareness. And besides his two acclaimed books on lucid dreaming, he co-edits online magazines, and here he is back on Coast to Coast. Robert, you're away too long. <laughs> George, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You too. How have you been? Great, great. Thanks. How are the dreams? You know, uh, dreams take us deep and different places, so uh, they're always fascinating. They, they really are. And, you know, the old adage that everybody dreams all the time, you just don't remember them, is that true? It, it really is true. Um, every night we spend about 23% of the sleep time in the dream state. And, and when you start to do the numbers, you realize that if that's the case, after 11 years of living, you've spent one entire year in the dream state. But, but I'll tell you, huh. there's a lot of us who are in our 40s, and we've spent four years in the dream state, and, and we still don't understand it very well. So, so it's amazing that we spend that much time in dreaming, but really don't understand it. There are different kinds of dreams, of course, precognitive dreams, regular dreams, nightmare dreams and stuff, and then, of course, lucid dreaming. What is it that makes lucid dreaming different from the other kinds? Yeah, so a lucid dream is any dream in which you realize within the dream that you're dreaming. You know this is a dream. In fact, you might even announce in the dream, hey, this is a dream. This is too weird. This must be a dream. And so a lucid dream means that you realize you know you're dreaming, and therefore you can begin to act as you want. You can direct the dream to some degree. You can direct your actions within the dream. Do you say something like, oh, this is a dream. I know it's a dream. I can't get hurt. I can jump off this building. Watch. Do they do stuff like that? Exactly. Uh, once you realize it's a dream, you can fly through space. You can go through walls. You can walk on water. You can do magic like Harry Potter. You can do some amazing things. But but there's also some really deep and profound things that you can do as well. Just my luck for someone to uh, jump off a building and then say, it's not a dream, you made a mistake. <laughs> you know, for lucid dreamers, we have a, something we call the reality check. And, and so if you're ever wondering, wait a second, this seems really real. Is this a dream or is this a waking reality? So, so, so lucid dreamers perform a reality check. For example... Uh, I might uh, look at my left hand and grab my index finger and start pulling it. Mm -hmm. And if my index finger starts growing and growing and growing, then I know, hey, this is a dream. This would only happen in the dream state. Exactly. And and so that that's how you do a reality check, just to be sure that you are. That's a good point. In the dream state. Robert, why do we lucid dream in the first place? What's what's the benefit of doing that? You know, I think there's really uh, about five benefits of lucid dreaming. The first one is you get to have so much fun, but you can also access creativity. You can connect with that unconscious mind, the unconscious creativity, and you can call forth um, solutions to problems, um, creative things that you want to produce or play. So, so that would be the first one. The second one is you can use lucid dreaming for psychological insight 
and also for emotional healing. A lot of people need to get in touch with their emotions and have healing occur, and so lucid dreaming allows for that. Then you can use it for physical healing. There's some extraordinary stories of people who have hmm. become lucidly aware and then focused on healing their body. And finally, you can use it to enhance your waking life skills, whatever those might be. And you can also use it for spiritual growth, for seeking out wisdom, exploring time and space. So, so those are some of the many deeper benefits of lucid dreaming. And when somebody's in this dream and they know it, can they also control what they're doing, or are they just a witness to what's happening? Yeah, you know, this is, this is a little bit uh, uh, complex. The, the metaphor that I use is the sailor does not control the sea, neither does the lucid dreamer control the dream. And, and so when you become lucidly aware, you can decide what you want to do and you can influence things, but it doesn't always go according to plan. And so sometimes you realize that the unconscious is trying to draw your attention to something or, or, or bringing in an unexpected uh, feature that you did not expect. And when you see that, then you realize that, that to say control is just too big a word. You can influence, you can manipulate, but control, eh, that, that might be a little bit too much. Robert, where do dreams originate? Do they come from, uh, you know, the subconscious mind or the brain? the physical brain? Boy, um, th that's a deep philosophical question sure and is. a scientific one that people are still playing with. But uh, it, it's the fact that every night uh, we spend about two hours, two and a half hours in the dream state. And also all mammals dream. And, and that's another curious thing. Well, why is dreaming so important? Way back in the um, Decades ago, they, they did studies where they stopped mice from dreaming that allow them to eat, that allow them to sleep, but every time they started to dream, they'd wake them up. And within a week or so, uh, I believe the mice in this laboratory experiment passed away. Wow. So, so really? Dreaming is somehow very important. To your health. But, but we, we still don't know exactly why we dream to begin with. I, I know I used to have some Labrador retrievers, and when they were sleeping, you could tell they were dreaming because, you know, they would just make these funny little noises, and you I mean you just knew that they were dreaming of something. So I assume animals dream too then. Yes, uh, animals dream too, and uh, it, the wonderful thing about some of the neurological research is that they're starting to almost uh, be able to focus on the brain cells that get activated in certain types of dreams. So, so for example, if they teach a rat how to go through a maze to get to the food, um, then they can follow its brain um, activity at night and see that the rat is actually um, considering that same idea in its actual dream. And, and so when you see your Labrador uh, move its paws or, or whatever, that, that then you realize that Sometimes they're having dreams about actual movements that they've done and, and things, things that they want to do. Robert, has science jumped in on this yet? You know, the wonderful thing is lucid dreaming has been scientifically validated uh, through the wonderful work of Stephen LaBerge, who is at Stanford. And, and this is how he did it, uh, George. He, he, he himself was a lucid dreamer, but he wondered, how could you get scientific evidence and then he realized that within the dream state, we have rapid eye movement, so our, our eyes move around. He wondered, could you bring a lucid dreamer into the sleep lab, 
and tell him, when you become consciously aware that you're in a dream, I want you to look left and right eight times, and maybe that'll move your physical eyes, and that will show evidence that you're consciously aware in the dream. And so using himself as the research subject, uh, he went to the sleep lab and, and did that and published the results in 1980, 1981, and that, that ushered in the scientific era of lucid dreaming. But before then, lucid dreaming had been discussed in uh, Buddha, Buddhism as dream yoga for about 2,000 years, in Sufism for about 1,000 years, in shamanic traditions for many many millennia. So, so it's a wonderful thing to have lucid dreaming be scientifically validated because it has a long history as a ancient spiritual practice. It's not It's not astral projection, though, is it? No, no, it's, it really isn't. And so, so I'll just kind of uh, go through the differences between what people call OBEs or out-of-bodies or astral travel versus lucid dreams. Okay. So, so in a lucid dream, you, you realize, wait a second, this is too weird, this must be a dream. But normally in out-of-body, when you read about the experiences, the person has a traumatic accident or a heart attack, and they're floating up in the, in the hospital operating room. Or they might begin to hear all this humming and buzzing as they're trying to fall asleep and, and, and that sort of thing. So, so people who are having out-of-bodies, they report that kind of buzzing and energetic noise. Sometimes they say that they roll out of their body or they shoot out of their body. But again, a lucid dreamer, they're just realizing within a dream that they're dreaming. Um, I remember Robert Monroe, kind of the father mm, of... Astral projection, that's right. Yep. He, he said that he thought the big difference was that in the lucid dreams, people are constantly changing the environment. Um, you know, you can use your beliefs and expectations, your mind to change the environment around you. He says, whereas a person in the out-of-body experience, they, they just accept the environment. It's a very stable environment. And, and finally, the, the final point would be a lot of people who have out-of-body experiences or astral travel, they report coming back to the body, and oftentimes with a big thud, and they kind of, um, when they finally reconnect. But lucid dreamers, they normally realize the dream's coming to an end, and, um, and then they just wake up in bed. So, so those, are, those are the differences. Uh, the, they're similar in some regards, but but in many respects, they're two different two different things. What is it that got you involved in lucid dreaming to study? Yeah, you know, um, when I was a young kid, I just had a fascination with dreams. Um, I occasionally had precognitive dreams that just blew my mind. But but it was back in 1975. I was reading a book by Carlos Castaneda, where he talked about. His shamanic teacher suggested that he find his hands in the dream state and realize he's dreaming. And, and I thought, could a person really do that? And so there wasn't really a technique, so I just made up my own using the power of suggestion. Uh, each night before I'd go to sleep, I'd just look at the palm of my hands while telling myself, tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. Tonight in my dreams I'll see my hands and realize I'm dreaming. And I'd do that for about five minutes and fall asleep. Uh, so what happened on the third night of doing this practice, um, I'm walking through my high school hallway, and all of a sudden, my hands just pop right in front of my face. And I realize, oh, this is a dream. <laughs> and so this is the way that I taught myself back in 1975, about six years before the scientific evidence emerged, how you could become lucidly aware in the dream state. But I'll tell you, I had an incredible lucid dream, and it just totally blew my mind. And after that, I was hooked on lucid dreaming. 
PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, nightmares. How does lucid dreaming help that? Yeah, one of the primary symptoms of PTSD is recurring nightmares. Every night the person dreams about that horrible incident or, or, a, or a dream representation of it, and they wake up and can hardly fall back asleep. I mean, some of the people don't even want to sleep because they don't want to have those nightmares again. So, so it happened back in 1982. There is a psychotherapist in Ohio, uh, Gordon Halliday, and he himself, I believe, was a lucid dreamer. And so he instructed his PTSD clients. He said, look, you're going to have that same recurring nightmare again. So at some point in it, I want you to realize, hey, this is that recurring nightmare and become lucidly aware. And he said, as soon as you do that, then just change one thing in that nightmare. Just change one thing. You know it's a dream. Just change one thing. And so both of his clients, they became lucidly aware. They changed one thing. And the most incredible thing is then the recurring nightmares stopped. After that, they just came to an end, and the people were so glad to be able to get a decent night's sleep and to at least have that aspect of PTSD go away. Of all the dreams that are out there, the precognitive and things like that, how many different dreams are there? Can we categorize them? Well, there's all kinds of uh, dreams. There's visitation dreams from the deceased. There's dreams of being in other times and places. There are so many types of dreaming that, that's one of the uh, fun things that I get to do is every year I get to go to the International Association for the Study of Dreams. They have a conference this year here in a couple of weeks. It's going to be in the Netherlands. And the wonderful thing then, you have all sorts of interesting people come and share either their scientific work on dreaming and lucid dreaming or sometimes their historical work on, on dreams and lucid dreams. And and as well as their own personal experiences, but there's all types of dreaming. And here's some uh, that uh, that they have out there in terms of some of the dreams. Uh, there's obviously what we just talked about, lucid dreams. There's daydreaming, nightmares, recurring dreams, healing dreams. We'll talk about that. Prophetic dreams, that's precognitive, I think. Signal dreams, that's when uh, they solve problems for you. And then the epic dreams, or what they would call huge, great dreams. I never heard of that one before. Have you? You know, uh, I, I think a lot of people would call those big dreams. That was the term that uh, Carl Jung used. Those big dreams that kind of change our life and and send us on a different pathway. Um, so of, of all the dreams, of all of them that we just heard, which one would you rather have? Boy, I would... And much rather have a lucid dream, because when you're lucidly aware, you can decide what you want to do. And if you know how to do it, you can explore the mind very deeply, explore time and space. You can physically heal, emotionally heal yourself. You can access creativity. Lucid dreaming, I feel, beats almost all these other kind of dreams, hands down. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.